Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world, and welcome in to Trust the Tape, episode 1,372,912. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh alongside my co-host, the great Dane Brugler, and we have ourselves a brand new college football season, Dane. Can't wait. Welcome. Well, what do you mean can't wait? It already started. It did. I we, watched Colorado State and Hawaii play Week over zero. the weekend, sir. You're right. We had Wyoming, uh, New Mexico State, a few FCS teams, but... Some real nail biters and a lot of top-end talent out there. Yeah, we, we're, it's, uh, it gets a little more juicier uh, this coming weekend, Thursday... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Monday, AT&T Stadium. That's right. Well, well on Sunday, uh, Sunday is AT&T Stadium, right? The okay. LSU-Miami. LSU, okay, I thought yeah. LSU-Miami was Monday. Okay. No, Monday right, we have right. Virginia Tech-Florida State. Um, so, but there's it's, it's going to be a solid opening weekend. Uh, Saturday we've got Louisville-Alabama. I don't think that'll be really that close. Uh, well, it will be if Lamar Jackson's allowed to yeah, play. Yeah, he, he's no longer. That'd be okay. Yeah. Uh, Auburn Washington to me is the game of uh game of the weekend. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh Pac-12, I think probably the favorite against an Auburn uh team that we know good they were last year. Uh and they lose Carryon Johnson but they bring back Jared Stidham, plenty on defense. That's going to be a fun one to watch. So there are plenty of storylines to watch for opening weekend and Heck, it's going to be real college football and that's a lot of fun. Okay, so t- on today's episode of Trust the Tape, we got a very special treat as I guess I should say, you're not just Dane Brugler. You're Dane Brugler from The Athletic, TheAthletic.com, the king of the NFL draft and college football at The Athletic. I'm just following you because, you know, we're kind of co-workers. Uh, I do a lot of work with 105.3 The Fan. We are the kings of 105.3 The Fan and DFW. Now. The Athletic. The Athletic. And DallasCowboys.com. Exactly. We're just kind of doing things. We ride each other's coattails. So Dane has his top 32 big board because there's 32 picks in a first round. Every year that the Patriots don't cheat, hmm. there are 32 picks in the first round. So the top 32 big board is coming up and we'll preview the college football season and the week that we got going on and predictions for the season that is going to happen on today's podcast now i was wondering this is a little bit off topic but i just was curious yes have you ever considered gambling a ton on college football early in the season because you're one of the few people who before your average fan like i'm going to make predictions about the season right but as you mentioned I know every prospect that left these schools. Mm. I don't know who's taking their place yet. My draft work starts months, a couple months down the road. Right. Dane Brugler already knows every player. Why don't you just get banned from every sports book and just make all the money? Do they have like? I remember last year when I lost money betting on Florida State over NC State, and uh, I told yeah. you I put it on a yeah, on a yeah. bet thing, and you were, you were like, "Why'd you do that? NC State <laughs> has all the best players in this game." Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't know. Well, college football's it it's it's hard. I mean, it's there's uh I mean, okay, Auburn Washington for example. I to me, I, John Ross. Well, where's the where's the game going to be played? It's going to be played Atlanta. So, it's going to be a heavy Auburn presence. 
so they're going to have probably the home field advantage. But Washington, you get Chris Peterson all that time to prepare. That's tough. Opening weekend's really tough. Once we get into maybe you know the mid September, late September, then I think we start to understand who these players are, who these teams are, uh, kind of the direction they're going. Uh, you know, late September we get a, a really fun Ohio State Penn State matchup. That'll be a, a good one. So right now, I think there's still plenty of unknown. Um, but I, this I is think, the time to capitalize, Dane. Hey, it, off it is. the air, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to make a 50 team parlay. I'll tell you, uh, what's what, find out the spread on FAU in Oklahoma? Because I tell you what, FAU. Do you think Oklahoma? Do you think Oklahoma? Let's say the athletic director or the president when they scheduled that game and then Lane Kiffin got hired, do you think they looked at each other and went, dang it, this is supposed to be a preseason game. It's supposed to be a layup. Yeah, and it's it's not. And FAU is so much more than just Lane Kiffin. Devin Singletary, the running back, he's a junior. I, I mean, I've I asked, this people, or asked this of people before, but who led the nation in rushing touchdowns last year? Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Rashad Penny maybe, Saquon Barkley, Lamar Jackson. No, it was Devin Singletary. He had almost 10 more than the next guy in rushing touchdowns. He had 32. They've got a tight end who's legit. They've got a middle linebacker uh, who's legit. I thought it was funny. Lincoln Riley said that this middle linebacker is the best one they've seen since Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, that's the last game they played. So that's not saying much. (laughs) Well, I don't know if he meant it, though. (laughs) But he's a really good player. He's a really good player. So FAU, I I don't really care about point spreads. That doesn't interest me. But – I would be interested to know if it's a couple touchdowns. I don't know. FAU, I think they're going to keep it close for at least much of the game. We don't, I mean, Kyler Murray's not Baker Mayfield. Uh, we know how talented he is. We know the baseball angle, but is he going to be? I mean, Lincoln Riley's obviously one of the best offensive minds in college football, in all of football. Is that going to be enough? With Kyler Murray, uh, is he going to be able to uh, run that offense uh, to not the same level as Baker, but at least uh, some similarities there where you're going to put up a lot of points. I'm going to find you the spread. Here we go. It's 21 points. Mm. <laughs> this is not a gambling podcast, no. sir. It's not legal no. yet, kind of. Opening weekend's always tough. That, that That's a tough one because I... It wouldn't be. It's, it wouldn't surprise me if Oklahoma in the fourth quarter just kind of you know runs away with it a little bit. But I do think for say three quarters maybe it's going to be a little closer than most would think. All right, let's get this show on the road. You have the great Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter for all of your barbecue information. Hmm. He can teach you to grill anything. And uh, more how's your grill? You got a green egg, right? You're- I do have a green egg. Uh, doesn't mean that I use it the way that you're supposed to use it. I say I've, I've caught a couple of your your. Tweets, you're you're putting out pictures of. Oh, I'm cooking. Yeah, and I cook well. But, but you do you do hot and fast. Yeah, right? I don't use the plate deal yeah. and control my temperature. I cook at uh, somewhere between six and seven hundred degrees. What's the longest cook you've done? However long it takes a chicken to <laughs> cook at six hundred degrees. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I did some half whole, an hour. I did some whole chickens. Yeah. Well, I broke them up and cut them up. Yeah, pieced them. Okay, I I mean not long. You gotta, my fate. You know what my favorite is. My favorite is uh, fajitas. Mm. Six minutes mm. done. So basically, you flap it on, flip it over, cut it up. You got a green egg so you could grill. Basically. <laughs> yeah, so far, yeah, so far. Let me get let me get my basics down. Okay, let me just get my basics. Crawl down. before you can walk. Now, where were we? We're oh, so if you're not familiar, and if you're on this podcast, most of you probably are familiar. But if you're not familiar, Dane is the greatest resource when it comes to the NFL draft in the entire country. For my money, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be is what we like to say. 
And so when it comes to who to keep an eye on going into the college football season, there is no better person to ask. There are 32 picks in the first round of a draft, so a big board of 32 seems like a pretty good place to start. And I'm going to hold you to this. If anyone ever moves on this board throughout the year, I'm going to tell you you missed. Fair, fair enough. But let's get through it. Let's get started. Uh, well, I mean, we talked about it. We were, a lot of people have talked about it. The year of the defensive linemen. Um, and I think that holds true if, uh, with my first uh, with my first big four, my first top 32. Six of the top nine are defensive linemen, including the top two. Uh, for me, my favorite going in, for the number one pick going into the season is Nick Bosa, Joey's little brother. They're like carbon copies of each other, uh, and I mean that with uh, you know in all the good ways. Uh, so with Nick Bosa, we'll see what he can do as a junior, take that next step. Uh, the Ohio State off or defensive line is pretty loaded, so I don't think that he's going to see maybe the double or triple teams that his brother did. He's a favorite going in to be number one. Ed Oliver, number two. Let me go me. back to number one for a second because uh, yesterday on the radio we were talking about uh, I forgot who wrote it and it doesn't matter, but the Khalil Mack if he really mm. is available for trade and if the cost really would be and the talk was well if you know if you expected to have a high pick maybe you could get it done for a one and a two. If you were picking in the top three and you thought, we'll just pretend quarterbacks might go in front of you and you could be picking Nick Bosa. Right. If you're an NFL team, would you rather have Nick Bosa on a five-year rookie deal or 27-year-old Khalil Mack and pay him $22 million a year? Oh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's tough because you're talking about a proven commodity compared to one that you feel pretty confident about. And, and the one you feel pretty confident about would make about a third of the money probably maybe a quarter of the money yeah i mean you're still making good money as a, as a top five pick but yeah. not to 22 what, khalil max yeah khalil mac is i mean Derek kerr is the highest paid player on that team he's trying to be the second highest paid um and you know for wherever he ends up he's probably going to be if not the first the second highest paid player on that team that's 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 a good question um now I, you also have to give up your second round pick so you couldn't pick Nick Bosa, mm. and you have to give up the second pick or the top three pick in the second round. You passing mm. on that deal? So basically, I get Nick Bosa and a second rounder, or I get Khalil Mack. Yes. And with Khalil Mack, I have to sign. You have to pay him right then. Five year, hundred and ten million dollar deal. Yeah, hundred five, hundred ten. Mm-hmm. That's tough. I mean, I we're draft I, guys. We're I, taking both yeah, sides. I, I would second lean, rounder. absolutely. I would lean that way, but that'd be tough because again, you're passing on a proven commodity who is ready to step in today and and help your team win a football game. And Ed Oliver, who you mentioned is number two on yeah. your big board at Houston, defensive tackle, uh, the production numbers are freaking awesome. For a guy who plays the interior, I think he had like 70 tackles last year, 20 of them behind the line of scrimmage, maybe a little over 20. And is the praise too high when discussing him? I think about Aaron Donald. A little bit undersized in terms of weight, but you're talking freak athlete, you're talking plays in the backfield. Uh, just an incredible force of nature. Yeah, and look, Aaron Donald, he has his struggles versus the run. Uh, he's outstanding uh, as a pass rusher, and that's really what matters from an interior lineman if you're going to consider drafting them high. But, I mean, the Rams were uh, they were bad against the run last it year. It really doesn't matter in the NFL. No, it, but exactly It right. matters a little bit. You'd like to be good against the run. Well, that's why you have a not... big nose tackle right next to him. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you can help clean up that kind of stuff. Uh, so, Ed Oliver... I'm expecting a big year. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the Heisman hunt. Uh, and Dominican Sue had one of the best 
seasons I've ever seen from a defensive player when he was at Nebraska. He should have won the Heisman that year. Ed Oliver, he could have that type of season this year. We'll have to see. And nobody will vote for him because he doesn't get yards and touchdowns. Yeah, it'll just depend on who else is. You know, I don't. This year we don't really have a runaway for the Heisman. You know, we don't have that that quarterback. Or I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin is going to put up a big year. To me, I think he's the favorite for the Heisman. But if he gets injured or doesn't have quite the production, Bryce Love. Uh, we'll see what, if he can match what he did last year. So I think Ed Oliver should be at least in the conversation. Uh, they face Houston faces two uh, Power Five conference teams this year: Texas Tech and Arizona. Uh, two offenses like to throw it around a lot, so uh, he'll have plenty of opportunities to you know make plays in the backfield against those two teams. We'll see how he does, but I think Nick Bosa, Ed Oliver. I think there's those are top two, and then there's a gap after that. Number three, top quarterback uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, He's a Eugene guy. Grew up there, uh, so stayed home, played for Oregon, really filled out his frame. Big guy. And I talked to uh, some of his teammates, including Jalen Jelks, and they just rave about him as a, as a person, uh, as a leader, the way he's grown. And I think those intangibles, the physical skill set, he still needs to develop in certain areas. But for a true junior, uh, the way he's been able to develop up to this point, uh, teams are really excited about what he could be. Number four. By the way, if you're the Oregon quarterback, that's okay now. We've come to the realization that you can play in whatever spread you want. And the NFL is now cool with it because they're finally copying it. Well, uh, not only that, but you know, Chip Kelly, Mark Helfrich, no longer there. Yeah, Mario Cristobal is the head coach uh, of that offense. So we'll have to see how, how his style, how he wants to run things there and how that affects uh, Herbert and his development. Uh, at four, another defensive lineman, Raquan Davis from Alabama. I, I put my write up on him. You know, the po- popular hypothetical: if LeBron James played hmm. football, what would it look like? This might be the closest guy we've seen to a LeBron James playing. If LeBron just football. ate some extra potatoes, yeah, and he put has his put on a little bit of weight. Yeah, because he's uh, Raquan's north of three hundred pounds. Not quite the freak athlete that LeBron is, but we're still talking about an impressive physical specimen. Was he the best uh, D lineman on Alabama last year? Uh, I mean, Jerron Payne had his moments, uh, but Raquan Davis, when he... By the numbers, he was. Right, and when he flashed, oh, man, you got really excited. I mean, in the playoffs, it was Deron Payne, but right. uh, Raquan Davis, I think he has a chance to leave Tuscaloosa as the best defensive lineman that Nick Saban has groomed there. Whew, that's pretty good. Yeah, and another defensive lineman at number five, Rashawn Gary, who might be the biggest freak of them all. Uh, you know, he looks like a defensive tackle. He... Moves like a linebacker. They play him on the edge. Uh, a 6'5", 285, 290, somewhere in there. He's going to blow up the combine. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be freaky what he does. Uh, I think that Michigan defense is the reason why they have a shot at the playoff this year. Uh, and they finally have a quarterback with Shea Patterson. So Michigan is a team that's uh, – don't sleep on them. I think they absolutely have a shot this year. Continue. We haven't gotten to the entire All-American defensive line of a certain team yet. I'm wondering where all those guys are. They're coming. They're coming. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Greedy Williams at number six, the corner from LSU. And I mean, how great of a name is that? It's an incredible name, especially for a cornerback. Well, and the fact that – Greedy he, means he's going to take your football. He did lead the SEC in interceptions last year. Oh, that so, means people are throwing at him. He must not be very good. He's redshirt freshman last year okay that explains it so this year he's a redshirt sophomore he's draft eligible teams are going to understand okay this guy's pretty good uh not only does he have the size you're looking for he's about 6'1 190 pounds has some length uh but he's a really phenomenal athlete uh even when he looks like he's kind of 
out of sync. He, he, it'll recover so quickly. So Greedy Williams, he's the real deal. His name is not Greedy. What was his, what was his birth name? Andres. I might go with Greedy. Yeah. Okay, Greedy's good. A-N-D-R-A-E-Z. I yeah, mean, we're going to go Greedy. Exactly. Greedy Williams it is. Yeah. At number seven, we have another defensive lineman, Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State, who Mississippi State, a little bit of a sleeper team this year. They uh, bring back quite a bit. Uh, new head coach, Joe Moorhead, but uh, they've got some talent. I wouldn't be shocked if they pull an upset uh, against uh, uh, one, you know, one of the big-time teams this year, an you Alabama beat, team like that. You think they could beat Stephen F. Austin in their opener I think home? they'll be okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I can't find a point spread on that one. I mm, think there's a reason why. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, he's going to be a Joe Mixon situation because he had a, a pretty bad incident when he was technically a recruit before he even stepped foot on a college football field. Uh, there's an altercation with a female and physical altercation. And so we'll have to see. I mean, he was suspended one game. Uh, Slap on the wrist. We'll have to see how the NFL handles that. Uh, Based on talent, he's a top 10 pick, uh, at least on my board right now. We'll see how the NFL handles that. And, uh, I mean, everything I've heard from people at Mississippi State, he cares about academics. He's kept his nose clean. Like, it's not something you have to worry about moving forward. But it still happened, and we'll have to see how that affects him. Ladies, I would just like to apologize if you're listening for the way that college football treats incidents involving domestic violence, including when a head coach lies or covers it up. Uh, We don't treat you guys right, and we'd like to apologize. Trust the Tape is the official podcast of women, and we don't appreciate it. I just want you to know that. Back to Ding. Number eight, Trey Adams, Washington, tackle. I think this guy would have been the first tackle drafted last year, uh, except he tore his ACL in October, had to go back for his senior year. But he's Washington's best player, uh, in my opinion. I, I think he's he has a chance to be the real deal as a left tackle. Number nine, defensive lineman. And I think you kind of... Here they come. Yeah, you led to it earlier. That Clemson defensive line uh, with all those guys coming back. Dexter Lawrence. Uh, I have him as the top guy on that line. Which one's he? Where's he line up? He, he's uh, the 350-pounder who oh. moves like he's about 60 pounds less than that. Uh, he He's going to benefit from just the planet theory. Yeah, there's only so many human beings on this planet who look like him, who have that weight, uh, who can still move like him, have the power. So uh, he said he played at about 50% strength last year because he was hurt. This year, he's 100%. It's Better hit. prospect than Vita Vea? Yeah, yeah. I think he brings more pass rush. Uh, Vita Vea was such a, you know, the individual parts were really nice, but he didn't always put it together, uh, you know, to impact the game. I think Dexter Lawrence could could be that. So I think he's he's similar to Vea in some ways as a prospect, but I think he's he's got higher potential, a higher ceiling. Uh, number ten, Greg Little, offensive tackle from Ole Miss. Uh, he was a top recruit out of high school. Ole uh, Miss is still getting good recruits after. It's funny how that works. After they got in trouble. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. Thought that want, might be the end of it. Well, um, if you want to read all thirty-two, just head over to the Athletic and check them out. I just hit a few. Notable ones here. That's the top 10, but I hit a few notable ones. Uh, Noah Fant from Iowa is number 12. He's This tight end class is not very good, but Noah Fant is, has a chance to be uh, outstanding. He's he's that Evan Ingram, you know, big wide receiver type, but he has a chance to have a phenomenal year. Um, Mac Wilson from Alabama, number 14. He's the next Mike Linebacker in that Alabama NFL pipeline. Um Wide receivers. Where are the wide receivers? Where, First, are my, where are my running backs? One running back made the list. Also, the only Big 12 player to make the list. My guy Rodney? Yeah. Uh, 
they Big Twelve with Justice Hill, uh, with uh, David Montgomery. They, they've got some running back talent, but uh, Rodney Anderson was the only one to make the first round. This is not a great. I tell you, 2020 that draft is going to be a great running back draft. This year, 2019, I, it's it's not going to be. It's not going to blow your socks off. We might not have a first round running back this year. I love Damian Harris from Alabama. He's more of a day two player. Bryce Love, more of a day two player. And then you look at the underclassmen that could come out. Rodney Anderson, if he can replicate what he did in the final eight games last year for Oklahoma, even without Baker Mayfield and, you know, with teams understanding what he can do, uh, Rodney Anderson has a shot to sneak into the first round. It, he has to stay healthy, too. Um, so I think the running backs this year, we might not have a first rounder, but plenty of talent in day two. Zach Moss from Utah, keep an eye on him. Uh, I promise uh, he, he's going to be a good player. You asked about wide receivers. I've got the first one at 22, and I went with Nikhil Harry uh, from Arizona State. Big physical possession guy. Reminds me a lot of Mike Williams out of Clemson, who ended up going top 10, but he's just that fearless competitor who isn't going to necessarily create a ton of space, but uh, he's able to win with physicality, with body position. So I, if he ends, if he has a season, I think he can, then Harry has a chance to be a first-rounder. A.J. Brown from Ole Miss, he's a Juju Smith-Schuster in that type of mold as a slot guy at, at Ole Miss. Debo Samuel at 25, another wide receiver. He's in that uh, D.J. Moore uh, type of style of a, of a wide receiver. Not the Where's biggest guy. South Carolina. Okay. He uh, He's a big-time returner. He missed most of last year with a broken leg, or else I think he would have been a top 40 pick last year. So Debo Samuel, uh, he made it. Those are the three receivers that made uh, the top 32 list. Uh, they're very early top 32 list, but there's plenty of talent at wide receiver. Amon Richards from Miami. I tell you, that's the, the main reason to watch LSU Miami is Amon Richards, the Miami wide receiver, who's who has a chance to be the top receiver this year. Uh, against Greedy Williams. When those two guys line up from each other, it's going to be a lot of fun. Is there going to be any decent quarterback play in that game? No, it's going to be like a 16-12 oh, no. to 12 type of game. Nice. Yeah, it's going it. to be uh, defensive heavy. So I love uh, when powerhouse college programs can't find capable quarterback play. It's one of my favorite things Yeah, I, in all of sports. The the theme of this top 32 is defensive line, like I said at the top. Um, yeah, I've got Jalen Jelks in here from Oregon. Uh, Draymond Jones from Ohio State, Brian Burns, Florida State, uh, Montez Sweat, defensive end from Mississippi State. So plenty of defensive linemen. If that's uh, what your NFL team, your favorite NFL team needs, it's going to look pretty favorable for you next uh, going into next uh, draft. All right, what's the next step in our debut of the 2018 college season? Trust the tape here. Uh, let's do some predictions. Let's go... Let's do each Power Five conference and see, kind oh, of predict dude. what. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go so chalk on you. It's gonna be awesome. Well, hey, sometimes that's uh, what makes sense. So, okay, let's start at the bottom. Sorry, Big Twelve. Uh, who, yeah, that's easy. OU. Yeah, I'll take OU. Um, you'll have to tell me how either Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU, or West Virginia can threaten. I know West Virginia going into the year. You, I would probably say. They have the quarterback I'm the highest on with yeah. Will Greer. Best quarterback in the Big 12, I agree. OU, I'm looking forward to the Kyler Murray games because a buddy of mine, uh, Mike Dingus, I heard him talking about it on a Saturday on 105.3 The Fan, and I agree with him because I think Kyler, with the athlete that he is at OU, 
there are going to be games against Big 12 defenses where at the end of the day you're going to look up and be like, holy cow, he, th- he threw for 300 and he ran for 200. Yeah. What a freaking day. Right. So, like, I know at five, what, he's probably what, really, five nine, five ten. Yeah. 170 pounds. Probably. The, you know, he's going to be a baseball player mm-hmm. after this football season's over, but I think it's it's definitely going to be fun to watch him and Rodney Anderson in that backfield. West Virginia's got the quarterback. Texas, I'll believe it when I see it. And TCU, you're going to have to tell me who they've got to make a push. Well, I, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, I am going Oklahoma. Um, I'm going with Oklahoma over West Virginia. Uh, and it, you know, it's ironic. They moved Bedlam to early November to avoid a possible late game. Because <laughs> they thought they'd constantly be playing. Yeah, and then game. they have a rematch in the Big 12 championship game the next week. Well, who does Oklahoma face in the last week of the season this year? West Virginia. Good chance we see the rematch in the Big 12 championship game, uh, however that plays out. So uh, I think the two teams that I'm looking, besides Oklahoma and West Virginia, the two teams I'm looking at as as Big 12 teams that could emerge, Texas and TCU, two teams that you mentioned. I expect a step forward in year two of the Tom Herman era for the Longhorns. I think Sam Ellinger at quarterback, uh, he's the leader of that team. And so I think that him as a sophomore having a year under his belt is really going to help. They've got speed on defense. They've got two good defensive ends. Uh, Gary Johnson at linebacker. Chris Boyd as a corner, I think, can take that next step. So Texas has plenty of talent to do it. Whether or not they will, we'll see. I, I think that they're in that mix. And TC, I mean, Gary Patterson's teams, they always threaten 10 wins every year. They got plenty of speed on offense. Uh, they've got probably the Big 12's best pass, rush, best pass rusher uh, on defense. So uh, they lost their stud uh, defensive tackle uh, in Blacklock. But I, I think all in all, TCU is going to be in the mix and help uh, decide who wins the Big 12. So I'm going Oklahoma over West Virginia, but Texas and TCU keep them in, uh, on the radar. Okay, moving to the Big 10. If you're prepared for Big 10 talk, Dane... I'm oh, going to the, from the worst to the best conference. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm going alphabetical. Okay. Because Big 12 with the numbers. Sure. Uh, and then Big 10 uses letters. So alphabetically, I'm not going to pick Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State. I'm going to go Wisconsin. You're looking at my sheet. Really? Yes. Okay, because everything that I hear is that that offensive line is the real deal. The best. It's they're going to win the Joe Moore Award this year as the best offensive. At least uh, you know if everyone stays healthy, they they should. They so much talent. Five future NFL guys on that line. And with Jonathan Taylor, who is a freshman, runs for almost two thousand yards at six and a half a pop and thirteen touchdowns. I think that to me will be enough because I don't think you have great quarterback play in the Big Ten. Like who? I guess. Mm. Penn State gets decent quarterback play. I, I think. I think this year, Big Ten's making a resurgence in quarterback. Is Michigan going to have decent quarterback play? Is, yeah, I actually have an article coming out today on the Athletic how the Big Ten's quarterback drought is about to come to an end in the first round. Oh, uh, do tell! They haven't had a first round pick since 1995. Kerry Collins out of Penn State. That's what, a long time. Okay, which one's it going to be? Well, I, well, I gave three. I gave three options. Uh, Nathan Stanley from Iowa, who had the game of his life against uh, Ohio State, and I think he really showed last year that he could be a top top uh, uh, top uh, prospect. Shea Patterson, Michigan, who is he's the type of athlete that could have gone pro in baseball, probably could have gone pro in basketball. I mean, if you wear a number in the twenties, you're not my quarterback. He's a legit athlete. He just needs to come along in some ways. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be good for him and his development. And then Brian Lewerke from Michigan State. 
who has a chance to be a, a first-round type of player. So those three quarterbacks, and then I think you have two dark horses, Clayton Thorson from Northwestern. Um, he's coming off an ACL, but there, he has a lot of talent. And then uh, Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins. I mean, Urban Meyer called him the best quarterback recruit he's ever seen. The toolbox is absolutely filled. It's just a matter of, okay, now he's on the field. Uh, can he put it together? We saw him against Michigan. He earned the save when JT Barrett was out. So Dwayne Haskins is all the talent in the world. I, I think the Big Ten, in terms of quarterback play, um, is going to make a little bit of a resurgence. But I think Wisconsin over Michigan in the title game. Okay. Uh, and speaking of quarterback play, Alex Hornibrook from Wisconsin, can he just do enough where you could rely, rely on the run game, on that offensive line? Uh, we'll have to see. But I, I agree. I mean, I think Ohio State probably has the most talented roster uh, in the conference, but new starters in a lot of key areas, the coaching turmoil. So I, I think they'll stub their toe somewhere. Uh, Michigan, like I said, they're going to rank top three in total defense in the country again this year. Uh, Shea Patterson, a quarterback, uh, I think that's going to help them make a push. Uh, the Fighting McSorleys at Penn State, oh, yes, they're going to yes, be yes. A, a solid team, even without Saquon Barkley this year. And I can't wait to see Nebraska. With Scott Frost taking over that program, there's a lot of buzz, a lot of energy uh, coming out of Lincoln. So I'm eager to see what they do in year one. But I'm going Wisconsin. Best offensive, offensive line in the nation, one of the best running backs, several veterans on defense. I think they have a manageable schedule. Uh, I, I think the Badgers have a legit shot at the playoff. Pac-12. Let's see. We got Stanford with Bryce Love. We got Mike Leach at Washington State, who I'd love to pick just because mm. I love Mike Leach. Oregon with your top-rated quarterback on the board. Washington has Jake Browning. Arizona's got a quarterback, don't they? Khalil Tate, yeah. Kevin Sumlin, year one. See what he can do there. I pick any meeny miny Washington to win the Pac-12. Yeah, and, then, and I think that's chalk. Um, they, I think they have the most talent. I think I'm going to lean towards Stanford here. I'm going to every couple of years Stanford kind of rises above uh, Washington. They're loaded. There's no question. Their quarterback, veteran quarterback, is back. Their veteran running back is back. Left tackle with top ten ability. Plenty of talent on defense, especially in that secondary. But Stanford brings back the player of the conference uh, with Bryce Love. Uh, and I, I'm a big believer in KJ Costello, their quarterback. He's just a just a sophomore, but I think he's has a chance to be really, really good. I'm a big believer in him. Um, you mentioned Oregon with Justin Herbert. I, I think they're going to make some noise. Um, and all these teams are in the Pac-12 North, so the Pac-12 South, USC. I mean, they've got a true freshman starting at quarterback. I don't know. We'll see. I don't. We know USC doesn't really really rebuild. They reload. Um, Arizona is going to have a say. Utah will have a say in the South. But I think the Pac-12 winner is going to come from the North. And if they're going to have a playoff team, it's going to be one of those teams from the North. I give a slight edge to Stanford here. Okay, the SEC. Now, I'm going to shock you with this pick. Mm. Nobody's ready for this pick. I will say that the Alabama Crimson Tide will win the SEC. Breaking news. Isn't that, and that's a tough pick to make, you know, because they're just, that's a team that really struggles most of the time. I like, I loved Georgia a year ago, but holy cow, you lose Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, Javon Wims, Roquan Smith. Yeah. Just go down the list, and I'm, like all the other awesome schools, they'll reload, and they'll be a good football Isaiah team. Isaiah Wynn on that line. Isaiah Wynn, my favorite tackle in college football last year. So, yeah, I'll just take Alabama to be the team that reloads the best and goes and wins it. Uh, it's hard to argue with that. 
I'm going to go Georgia, though. No, uh, you're not. I no, am. you're not. No. With Fromm coming back, nah. the quarterback, a sophomore. And look, remember DeAndre they got a, Swift last year? I mean, they have a Ridley, don't they? Is it a Ridley? Yeah, Riley Ridley. Yeah. At wide receiver. Georgia might have the best wide receiver core in the nation. Uh, with Riley Ridley, they just got a transfer from Cal, who's one of the best uh, wide receivers in the nation. Uh, so I, I, I really believe Georgia has a chance to uh, kind of do just enough where they can get past in Alabama, where they can, I think they're the clear favorites in the SEC East, and then good chance they meet Alabama in the SEC Championship. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they both made the playoff again this year. Um, now that means two conferences are out, which certainly possible, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if both teams make it, if they're both, say, they're both undefeated when they meet in the SEC Championship game, and it's a close game. It's going to be hard to keep that one lost team out. And I didn't go alphabetically because the ACC definitely would come before everybody else. Well, and this is also the least suspense, I think. Clemson is yeah. going to win the ACC because their entire D line is getting picked in the first round. Yeah, this is the easiest race to call, I think. There's a pretty sizable gap between Clemson and the second best team in the ACC, which is probably Florida State, Miami. Uh, take your pick. So, yeah, they bring so much back on defense. Uh, quarterbacks really. Will DeAndre Francois pass away when Clemson plays <laughs> Florida State? He just got named the starter, so uh, uh-huh. he's going to be out there. Uh, but, I mean, Clemson's got their own quarterback kind of questions. Hey, Kelly Bryant, he's he's okay, but he's not going to put your put the team on the back and lead him down the field, not that type of guy. And he was named the starter, right? He he Well, for the starter, for the opening, for the season opener. So okay. they've got a true freshman, Trevor Lawrence, who's supposed to be the truth, uh, kind of waiting in the wings, waiting for Bryant to uh, show a little bit of uh, – uh, struggle a little bit, and if he does, I think there'll be a quick hook, and we'll see Trevor Lawrence. So that's really the only thing that's keeping Clemson from uh, a clear path to the playoff and the ACC title. Okay, I have a question from Twitter for you, Dane. All right, what do you got? Ask Dane if he has any tips for smoking wings. I'm trying them out for my fantasy football draft. That's from Dustin. Uh. Wings are tough because chicken's tough with skin, any type of skin, when you smoke it because the skin will get a rubbery. And I, well, I think, you can just pull the skin off if you like. I've done that before. Yeah, but that, mean, right. but is that wing, you know, I think part of the enjoying wings are, you know, all the sauce on the uh, on the skin, on the outside. You want that little bit of crisp. So I'll I handle this, Dane. Cook it at 700 degrees. <laughs> Turn it over once after a few minutes, and it'll be done. It'll be great. If you're going to grill wings, then sure, yeah. If you're going to smoke wings, I I suggest you marinate in some sauce ahead of time. Some Maybe some Frank's Red Hot, something like that. Marinate a little bit. It'll help get that skin uh, a little moist, so it'll help crisp, crisp up. So if you're going to smoke, uh, marinate ahead of time. If, if you're going to go the grilling route, you can still marinate, but uh, not as imperative to do that. From Art, is Drew Locke the next Paxton Lynch? In, I guess, in what respect? Like, What, well, what does he mean? I don't get to add to their question. That's their question. I mean, Paxton Lynch, there, there's... He threw a lot of screen passes, and some of them yeah. were accurate, and he was kind of, uh, seemed like Shaggy Doo at the Combine, so I knew it was <laughs> over for him. And he just doesn't seem to... Football doesn't seem to be his top priority in his life either. Uh, Drew Locke, I think he's... The closer comparison, I think, is to a Josh Allen because the physical traits are outstanding. Uh, he's got a great arm. He's a big kid. moves around well. Um, he cares about football. Uh, I think his high football intelligence. So there's a lot to like about Drew Locke. It's just hard in that offense last year to really understand if he understands the complexities of the game, what it takes to play the quarterback position at a high level. So this year coming in with a new offense, 
Uh, Derek Dooley, I don't know if that's going to help or hurt him as an offensive coordinator, but uh, we'll have to see how Drew Locke does this year. Plenty of uh, plenty of opportunity. I think that's a big difference between like a Josh Allen and a Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke's going to play in the SEC, so we're going to see him against some Might big even time good defenses. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, the, Missouri plays Wyoming this year. Uh, and Wyoming has a couple NFL guys, and we saw that over the weekend with uh, Carl Granderson, who could be a first-round pick, uh, Gufon from uh, Wyoming. And actually, that goes into, I got a question uh, from someone on Twitter. Aside from Ed Oliver, I noticed there weren't any group of five prospects in your top 32. Yeah, you've always hated the group of five. You always tell me after we're done, like, man, the thing I hate most <laughs> is the group of five. Certainly one or two more will get in there. Who could that be? Well, I just mentioned Wyoming has a pair of defensive linemen. Carl Granderson, he is a defensive end, showed up as a 185-pound athlete. He's now a 260-pound monster off the edge. I talked to Andrew Wingard, Wingard last uh, last week, Wyoming stud safety. He told me he hasn't lost any of that athleticism with all that weight gain, uh, and it really shows off the edge. He's flexible. He can bend, convert speed to power. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if we end up talking about him as a first-round pick when it's all said and done with a strong senior year from him. And then his teammate on the D-line, uh, Johanna Gufon, I think I'm saying that right, 290 pounds, uh, defensive tackle, moves really well, former soccer player, only a junior, but I think he has a bright future ahead of him. So some people like uh, Buffalo's wide receiver, Anthony Johnson. I do too. I just don't necessarily see a first-round pick right now. Uh, Louisiana Tech pass rusher, Jalen Ferguson. Again, I don't see a first-round player right now, but he has a shot if he takes that next step uh, as a senior. We good for the day, Dane? Are I, you good? For, are you? I've good got for one the, more are question. You good for the day. One more question. Okay. The best. This this guy uh, on Twitter. Best condiment. And he, he, he didn't specify like with what food. Just is, with is, the best condiment. Is gravy a condiment? Uh, I don't know. Because if it is, it wins. Yeah. I would go ketchup because I'd think that uh, mayonnaise is disgusting. Mustard is disgusting. Mm, I agree on mustard. Ranch is terrible. It's overrated. And only ketchup is a decent condiment. And even ketchup, you could put a little bit on a burger or a little bit on a hot dog, or you could obviously use it with fries. But I am just kind of anti-condiment if we want to be honest with each other. I'm anti-condiment. I mean, there's so many things that you can't really enjoy fully without a condiment. Oh, no. Dry things are incredible. Sandwiches? Oh, yeah. Sandwiches are great. Burgers are great. You don't need that. The only thing you need to put a little bit of moisture into a burger is three strategically placed pickles. I agree with pickles. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a need. must on your... That's all you need. Mm, I need I need some kind of sauce or some kind of... Slap some cheese whiz on there. You know? No, no. <laughs> do what you got to do. I, I, I will tell you, though, I have found the holy grail of condiments. No, you have... Yes, what? I have. What? Whataburger's creamy pepper. Okay. Sauce. Okay. okay. And, I, and, I no. won't argue with you because if it's at Whataburger, you're probably right. They have the best ketchup, too. And I found over the summer, they sell it in stores. Of course they do. And Why wouldn't they? Well, it's actually not very smart because now I don't go to Whataburger as much, oh. and I spend three fifty on their bottle of creamy pepper sauce. That's at right. You're still paying them wherever. I, I yeah yeah because it's them. it's amazing. I mean, chicken burgers, fries, whatever. I'm telling you, Whataburger's creamy pepper sauce. Uh, you can get it at the store. You can order online. I, that is, and I'm not getting paid for this. It's just, it is the holy grail of condiments. If you want to pay us, Whataburger yes, or an anyone option. else, we are out here, and we are, man, are we ever searching? Jeff for money. has never turned down money. I've never. Um, now, I mean, I guess it could happen if you were like a 
a brothel that had bad reviews on Yelp or something. I'm hasn't sorry. happened yet, though. No, but it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, Good. if you want to give us some money, Hypothetically. reach out and, you know, we'll get you taken care of. Now are you done, Dan? Yeah, okay, we're good. All right, episode one of Trust the Tape for this season is in the books. Thank you for listening. Give us a follow on Twitter at DP Brugler for Dane. I'm at JC1053. And if you enjoy this podcast, not a coincidence, a lot of people do. Uh, just leave a five-star review. Five stars is the only one. If you want to leave any less than five, uh, do that on a different podcast. Yeah, just put five on ours and then leave a comment with your favorite dinosaur this week, and we'd appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week on Trust the Tape. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.